Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, marks and smarks alike, we proudly welcome you to the internet's only wrestling podcast. That's right, we are the only one. We want to welcome you to Pin the Champ! Alright, welcome to Pin the Champ. I'm Jeremiah. I'm Sawyer. I'm Song. And I'm Kyle. So today, finally, after a very, very long journey, it's just the beginning for all of our listeners, but it's been a very a little bit of a journey to get us to where we are today, where we've actually watched our first couple of episodes of Raw. And so today, that's finally what we're going to get to uh, actually review, is we're going to get to the fun part and be able to talk to you guys about Monday Night Raw. Uh, mm-hmm. So... Before we do get started on that, I do want to remind our listeners that if you can, um, you know, stop the podcast, hit pause, don't forget about us, but hit pause, go watch the first episode of Monday Night Raw if you can. Um, we feel like that you will get more out of the episode, you know, if, uh, if you've watched the, uh, if you've watched that first episode of Monday Night Raw, we do understand, you know, uh, it, in order to do that, you got to go BitTorrent or download WWE Network for <laughs> $9.99 a month or whatever you got to do, yeah. whatever you feel like is necessary to do to watch Monday Night Raw, but it's definitely worth it. We're going to go on a fun journey together. Um, but hey, you know, at the, at the end of the day, WWE should be thanking us right now because the best bargain that I get out of my life is at $9.99 a month where I can go watch like the Monday Wrestling. So pl- plunk the $9.99 down, go get the network watch that first episode and then come back to this or just listen to us now and then watch the episode and I'm sure you'll want to listen to us again. So, um, so we'll review raw, uh, and then we will ponder with professor Kyle. Uh, and then after that, it's going to be another uh, round of trivia hosted by, uh, our wrestling, uh, Riddler Sawyer. And I like uh, you picked my favorite Batman villain, by the way. (laughs) So thank you for that. (laughs) No worries at all, man. Um, so, uh, before we even get started, I do want to take a moment to thank, uh, Sawyer. Um, I know that song kind of communicated with you on this and kind of helped you out with this as well, but really appreciate everything that you did to get our 12 days of smartness up and running. We're having a lot of fun getting to check that. You totally headlined that like project and it was really cool. So really yeah. appreciate that. Which by the way, Instagram keep protects your accounts, ladies and gentlemen. It I, I think it's almost impossible to hot like anyone that hacks an Instagram account is clearly a genius, by the way. <laughs> On the first day of smart miss a true fan gave to me a Christmas creature in a Christmas tree. Yes. Hey uh I wanna say that it gave me the the biggest smile on my face was when it was the fourth day it was a horseman four horse oh yeah i didn't even think about it it was the paul roma it was paul the paul roma horseman yeah. i was like this is so funny i was like paul roma's on there i was like it's, Yo, a, you appreciate it's, a buddy brian, it's the brian, brian pillman one yeah, yeah. <laughs> a buddy of mine even responded "Ooh, bold choice bold choice <laughs> In my opinion, if it has AAA and it has Rick, it is a four horseman. Everybody else is insulated. Interchangeable. Yeah. This is exactly correct. 
You're like the other two. Uh, it's it's like when um, I mean, Apocalypse has his four but... horsemen. You're like, as long as Archangel's in the mix, I don't care. <laughs> you know? That's true, too. As long as I can clear at Anderson, I'm straight, man. Damn Forrester, yeah. right? Is that who you said, Kyle? Yeah, as long as Arn Anderson and Ric Flair are there, then that's the horseman. Yeah. I like that, that being said, if you guys want to follow us, and we have, um, depending when this drops, we'll probably be a little late, but we should have all the 12 days of Smartsmiths out. So if you guys want to follow us on Instagram, at PinTheChamp123, baby. Yeah. So can I, did you guys have fun watching the, episode, the first couple of episodes of Raw? I absolutely did. Yeah, the first episode of Raw is probably one of my favorite episodes of uh, wrestling, or or of of like um, new gen specifically, like related wrestling, and it's full like new gen. Oh yeah, right. definitely. It's crazy how much I uh, going back and watching it just reminds me how old I am now and how much I've <laughs> exactly. forgotten about it. <laughs> like. I've forgotten all about the whole uh, shenanigan with Heenan not being like, in the building and all that. Oh, so that yeah. was pretty cool. Go back Dude, right off the bat, again. it was my favorite part of the yeah, episode. Yeah. I'm like, they're doing bits already, and I love it. <laughs> I mean, they're not even 10 seconds in. <laughs> I know. Like, automatically, when you see Heenan, I'm just like, want to like, have a tear down my eye. If we could just clone Heenan and make him, like, there should always be a Heenan family. <laughs> oh, be- yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I loved it. Um, that's awesome. I'm glad you guys had fun. So I know we talked a little bit about this off air, but I wanted to bring it to the, the on air sphere as well. Um, so I know everybody's different. Uh, I'll ask again and pretend like I don't already know. But uh, for me, I, uh, I wanted to ask, you know, did you guys see this live? If so, where were you? Um, I did. I was I was um, because I started watching like when wrestling was after Saturday morning cartoons, by the time Raw came on in the early 90s, I was already a hooked wrestling fan. So I heard all the hype up to Raw, this first episode, uh, you know, I was like living in Jacksonville, Florida with my like step, stepdad, my mom, my sisters. So I remember that first episode or whatever. It was really uh, cool, but it was one of those things where you don't even think about it. There was no pausing, you know, TV, there was no missing a week because if you miss a week, you're not going to be able to see it ever. You know what I mean? It's, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's no, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, but, uh, it, you, you couldn't, you know, unless you were like a psychopath who rep- like records everything on, on VHS, like yeah. a, like a, right. like a Jim Cornette or something like you, you could <laughs> never, you could never actually, you know, like you'd, you'd have to catch it. I was thinking about it as you were saying that I don't know because like I I was so I would have just turned five okay in 93 um uh and so I was in the height of my wrestling watching period I was huge Hulk mark huge Hulk mark like I had I had the wrestling buddy I remember distinctly going to like preschool so even as, as a three-year-old and four-year-old going to preschool because I remember somebody I remember vaguely the steroid trials right. because because I I remember people being like oh Hulk Hogan took steroids I was like his managers must have forced him to do it yeah it's that it's that awful <laughs> Jimmy Hart 
he forced yeah, him to take steroids. Like in my <laughs> mind, that I was like, that's that's who put the juice on him was was Jimmy Hart. He was um, getting, and, getting framed. <laughs> exactly, and so uh, and 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 so like, I very I very well may have seen this because like I have distinct memories of like watching Yokozuna wrestle Coco Beware. And, oh yeah. Um, and uh, Macho Man's outfit, like his like yeah lime green sparkle outfit, like it. Why not? <laughs> Big. It so and and Doink specifically, yeah. um, Doink and Crush. So I think yeah. I think I probably did watch this live. Um, it it all depends on what time it came on the USA Network and if I was forced to go to bed or not. I feel I feel like if I remember, I I feel like it was eight or nine, but I can't remember which one it was right now. That might, see, that that, that might have been past my bedtime. It feels more like the late night time. I feel like, now that I think of it, I feel like it's potentially that it was eight because I feel like I was allowed to watch from eight to nine, but at nine it was like, all right, time for bed or something like that, you know? Right. And I couldn't see all of it. I could just see the review from the next show, you know. Um, but we're also dealing with the fact, right, that it's it's a totally different thing than what it is today. It's a it's a it's a forty five minute show. If you didn't have oh, yeah, I was gonna say hour long show, the perfect length. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. I know. I know. I didn't get to see it live because my parents wouldn't pay for cable back then. Um, <laughs> 93 i was uh 13 so i think that's middle school yeah, was, um oh wow so, so it was my babysitter in case anybody yeah, was wondering. yeah and, I, really and I let him watch it his parents told me not to let him but i let him watch it anyway oh man that would be great i would i'm, I'm gonna i i'm i'm officially starting that canon on the show that song babysat me. <laughs> that was you that's how you got on the show man yeah, yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah, um, but I, I I catch the recap and I would read about it later on and things like that. But I never got to see it live. Which um having the WWE Network, there goes another plug for them. Uh, yeah. Been great for me because I get to go back and watch all those uh old shows that I didn't get to see. Um, did you guys you? see or notice the uh, Intercontinental Title had a green strap? Yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot all about that. Yeah. During those days when like Ultimate Warrior had it, it was like yellow. And yellow strap. A guy in New York owns the yellow strap uh, intercontinental belt. Nice. Yeah, um, I forgot all about the uh, sea foam green strap that uh, Shawn Michaels had. Um, yeah. I, I remember the white. Could, like turquoise. It was sick. I love that look. Yeah. I think uh, um, real quick. They I could do, go back to customizing the uh, you know, I agree. titles again. Yeah. Pretty cool. I, I mean, like, the side plates are cool, but I agree with you 100% song. Like, I, I love, like, I love it when they customize belts. I'm a big yeah. belt guy. Um, real quick side note, uh, not to get us too sidetracked, because I, oh, I would, I, you know, we got a lot to talk about. Um, I was listening to, uh, I think it was a something to wrestle with with Bruce Pritchard. And they were talking about acquiring WCW. So for, for you know, with the, 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 the uh, network that we know and love, for it to really exist, 
you know, they, they got all the NWA, all the old, you know, wrestling library. They paid like $2.5 million for WCW. Yeah. It's amazing. It's like we that's could totally get that together the like nowadays. Wow. Like like that's like that's like something we could do. You could start a GoFundMe and get that. <laughs> that's what I mean. Like like but like like the fact that he was able to acquire that library and makes the amount of money wow. he does on the network, like it's just fuck man. Yeah. Smart. Well, it's crazy because I love watching. Because I was like, I was probably five or six, about the same age as Kyle around that. Did time. I babysit you too? What's that? Did I babysit you yeah, also? Maybe you might have. <laughs> Song drove all the way up to to Nova to babysit Sawyer. <laughs> we had a lot of babysitters, so it's quite possible. Sawyer, <laughs> did you actually see? Um... See it like back in the day. <sighs> Here's the thing, the and this is going to be <laughs> the answer for most of them, at least maybe up until the 2000s, and even then, it's a <laughs> long shot. I wrestling blends so much for me that to me as a kid, I was one of those kids that you could throw on whatever television show for hours, and then if I'm playing Legos, like I'm watching it. You know, it's like it, it like I would. That's why I was I was never a troublesome kid. Was because it was just like I would watch anything that they would put on like all day long or whatever. So wrestling was always something. If it was on, even if I don't remember half the faces or name people, I was just excited to have it on the television. You know, yeah, like you knew it was always going to be good at entertainment. Yeah, and then and then it was like Macho Man Randy Savage isn't like a household name, so like a kid will recognize him, or yeah. like Hulk Hogan. But honestly, I feel like at the time I could barely name others, and and even then it was just as I got older I'd start to like recognize faces. If you ever hit a Slim Jim, yeah, Macho Man Savage. great having him comment too, man. Him as a commentator is the is the best. <laughs> you got. Oh, he was, you know, he hated it. I've heard stories that he uh, hated it so, so much. He hated <laughs> well, it. And, and man, like this man, Vince does not have any of Macho Man's bullshit throughout this entire episode. <laughs> yeah, no. he doesn't take anyone's. He no. like. Vince is very much like what I will say about Vince is he is no nonsense. Like we're gonna talk about wrestling. This yeah. is a wrestling show, keeps, and everyone. Them, oh my god! Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. He must hate Rob Bartlett to some degree. I, I, I hated him. I hated him. Yeah. Uh, it was so I. He hired Rob Bartlett. He, so, he was the one who hired Rob Bartlett because he that's wanted to bring an outsider's perspective. Was. <laughs> he, he thought so rob bartlett is uh from the i miss in the morning show and mm -hmm. he was like a comedian yeah he did like impressions and stuff and <laughs> barely like, yeah so he's yeah, like, a little a bit. vaguely vaguely right wing he's he's on a vaguely right wing shock jock uh mm -hmm. radio show in the morning right. and, and and he's like known for doing impressions on that which i'm sure is like Oh, I'm sure he has like a, a voice where he does like he's like this is my gay guy voice. Yeah. This is my this voice. Like yeah, yeah like I'm yeah. sure. You know, or, or he could be a perfectly impression in the show. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this man probably heard like three of these impressions. Was like that's good shit. Yeah. yeah. Bring him in, pal. Yeah. Goddamn, pal. Yeah. Goddamn, pal. He's he's, no, the, he's the one of the best I've seen. 
The so dream this, uh, game play is every time Vince says, well, I don't know about that. Because he literally, <laughs> you hear him, like, his brain pauses and he doesn't know what to say. And everyone has the subtext of like, can we get back to the wrestling, please? Every, every time Vince says, oh, well, I don't know about, about that, Rob, Rob Bartlett's contract gets a little shorter. Yeah, little definitely. Shorter. And he is not reading the room. Bartlett does not realize no, that everyone is, is enjoying his shtick. And he is, you can tell, when I looked it up, I was like, yep, this dude is a morning talk show radio host. Like, everything, he is, you're getting your full 90s stereotypes here. It's the best. <laughs> so we know that this episode took place in uh, Manhattan, New York. Um, yes. I've, ne I've never, I've been in New York, wait, once in my life. I've always thought seeing, like, a show in Manhattan would have been awesome. Like, that little... Like the environment the and intimacy. That, yeah, it was such a small little square. It looked like one of those old studio rests. It looked basically like NWA power looks. Yeah. Uh, you know, like the crowd size that they have, like at an NWA power, maybe a little bit bigger, but crowd size with a, was a thousand people, six hundred paid. Man. How, what was it? A thousand, a thousand people, uh, reportedly six hundred paid. Wow. Which feels so small too, like when, like in comparison to things. I mean, it is, it is, it is small really even small. for that time. But yeah. because it was, you know, Manhattan, it was in New York. Yeah, very intimate. The pan, the fans were very passionate. But yeah. it, weirdly enough, it's a pretty big crowd for 2020. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. How ironic that's is that? <laughs> yeah. Well, That's like, correct me if I'm wrong, was this one of their first kind of like regular live shows that they were doing? It seems like that was this was their first. This was okay, their cool. First live show. This was their first live formatted show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They had a bunch of different shows, like Saturday mornings main event and yeah. primetime wrestling, and which were awesome. Know. And you know, maybe eventually we'll get into those too. But uh, right now, I think this Raw is like a great jumping off spot for us to to like go different places. So. Uh, but yeah, the, the great thing about those shows before is that they were recorded. You get a lot of like the interactions between like Gorilla Monsoon and uh, and the Brain. You know what I mean? Like oh, do the best yeah. primetime wrestling. That's when you get them like going on the safari and running into the Bushwhackers. Yeah, uh, you know all that stick. It was just like classic. I think they went to the Wild West and in, in that, like, where Bret Hart was. He was, like, filming Lonesome Dove or something. Yes, yes, he was. He was, they, he was filming Lonesome Dove. Oh, God. Yeah. I love it. So the first voice that you hear, the, uh, the first voice that you hear on this episode is of Sean Mooney. Yep. Um, yeah. So I looked it up to see what Sean Mooney is up to now. Um, now he is an anchor for KVOA which is an NBC affiliate, and he's also working with National Wrestling Alliance, and I did not know that. Oh, oh nice. That's kind of cool. Yeah. That's cool. So, um, Some yeah. Rob Bartlett facts. He was on uh, Broadway with Daniel Ratliff uh, in How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. Uh, for a second, I thought you were going to say Equus, and I was like, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, he was the horse in Equus. Yeah. Oh, hey, look at me, I'm a horse. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sean Mooney's on the street, and Bobby Heenan, like you guys are saying, he's trying to get into the building. 
Mooney yeah. tells Heenan that he's been replaced by Rob Bartlett, which is mm-hmm. you know, like knowing what we know now, that's like replacing freaking uh the the Mona Lisa with like a, a like a, a, a chewing gum uh, portrait or a macaroni. Yeah. Yeah. Macaroni, uh, a kid yeah, macaroni like, art. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, so yeah, so yeah, we see that happening. That's like kind of like the running joke, is we we kind of uh, don't know, like you know, what's going on with Bobby Heenan uh, from week to week, and he's not with WWF at the time for that much longer, I believe. No. So I'm not, I don't know if like I don't know the whole story there, but. You know, I don't know if that was kind of like him, you know, them working to the storyline, his exit or whatever the case may be. I forget actually going back to watch this stuff now. I'm excited to kind of relive it with through adult eyes and be able to kind of see it probably from a totally different way that that I have before, you know, kind of like see, you know, with, with adults like smart if you will eyes uh to kind of see like okay bobby heenan's exit from the company when he heads off to wcw and everything i think a lot of it has to do with money i am not sure so is that part of it too because forgive my ignorance here is it is it part of it is that he's moving on to wcw at this point um i i don't or do you think, think they shortchanged so. him and then he bailed no no i think i i'm not sure i i I, I apologize. I didn't do. Yeah. I didn't look this part up, but I I think that it was completely just the idea that he wouldn't have to travel as much, and it yeah. would be uh, a significant pay increase because it was Turner, and right. at that time Turner was a billionaire, and McMahon wasn't yet mm-hmm. a billionaire. And so I, I think I think it was just that, um, because if I'm not if I'm not wrong, I'm pretty sure the brand hated working in WCW. I right. mean, it'd be right. hard yeah. to. I think most people that. did. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people hated WCW. From if you ever like read or you ever like look at any videos on like the network, typically. Yeah. People well, hate. keep in mind though, history is written by poor the management, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 that is exactly. I was going to say so. You're right. I think it is more management. So you guys kind of touched on it earlier. So uh, the first commentary we ever see on Raw is Randy Savage, Vince McMahon, and Rob Bartlett. Um, and it's funny because the like the first note that I have under this is should we talk a little bit about how bad Rob Bartlett sucks? To bring it up before y'all were like, can we talk about how fucked up Rob Bartlett is? Okay. Dude, how many fucking fat jokes does he have to tell when Yokozuna is wrestling? That was so annoying. No, no, no. Here's, he buries Yokozuna so badly. No, he no, he doesn't bury Yokozuna. He buries Yokozuma. Yeah. <laughs> Yokozuma. Yeah. Right. That's that's the shit that was getting to me every five seconds. I I I want to know in my heart of hearts, like so badly almost that it almost was my question to answer your question. I would ask Rob Bartlett, did he not really know Yokozuna's name? But no, well, I don't want to From the get go, you can tell he doesn't know the product. Oh yeah, man. Well, that, that, he, 
Okay. He absolutely does it. Oh, go ahead, sir. Who who's that one? Because there's another legendary one, and I believe it was a one-time appearance. And I know we watched it together. Oh, it was Vince, uh, uh, or not Vincent? It was um, uh, oh God. Well, um, he's a, he was a sports Virgil. Cat. It was no, it was Vir oh oh. You're talking about um, you're talking about oh crap. I can't remember his name. No, but no, but uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a guest commentator, and I believe he's from like Philly or something. Oh, I, dude, you, was he semi regular for a little bit? He, I he did like two or time. three. I will say, here's where definitively you may remember him from. You can literally hear Macho Man Randy Savage say into the mic, This is terrible. Because the guy's commentary. <laughs> It's, it's like an old man, and he almost has, like, the mind of a child, because you can tell he knows nothing about wrestling, but he doesn't know what oh, commentary oh, to I ask. do know what you're talking oh. about. He was like a governor or some stupid yeah. thing, man. He was like, I, don't, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I can't remember who this was. Because he, he asked like, questions, like, how much does he think he weighs? How much do you think he weighs? He was like, oh, really? Is that how it is? It's just the dumbest. Uh, Yokozuma. Macho Man is very much not having it. But I honestly will say I still prefer him to Rob Bartlett because at least at least because Rob Bartlett is doing this like poor man's kind of like Rodney Dangerfield crap and it's just not landing at all. And you can almost physically like feel him. That is what it is, man. A poor man's <laughs> a poor man's Rodney Dangerfield. Like uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It, it's like your your cousin who got a joke book for Christmas and it thinks he's really clever. Yeah, or it's very much that uncle where you're just like, because you already get that like ultra conservative feel from it too, because he's being politically incorrect. He's like, yeah, you can't make jokes like that anymore. They're like, well, you're not supposed to, so stop making. That. Didn't didn't <laughs> doesn't he make a Joey Buttafuoco joke? He did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was talking. About the guy was all over the place. He had no, oh. he had no business being in the ML yeah. team. Oh god! Pronouncing so. Doink's name so many different ways. Doink, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's so making kids cry. We were also talking a little bit earlier about how great Vince was, and I, I, it's kind of funny we were talking about that early too, because my next note was, uh, you know, I kind of miss him as a commentator, and I kind of feel like. If he has any job that he could probably still be doing yeah. to great effect right now, it would be as a commentator. Yeah. Like just yeah, because then he wouldn't have to be in Michael Cole's ear telling him what to say every five yeah. seconds. <laughs> just say his own shit, you know. Yeah. Let other people have their own stick, you know. Like yeah, yeah. And like he's you know, just like, so young there is what helps it, though. I feel like it's because he is really young at the time, so he's still got all that energy and focus and stuff. Uh, he he's still got that voice, though. I think he can mm -hmm. still do it. The problem is, is, is as I think he may not know the the, the modern move set. Yeah. He would not be there for, he would have to be that guy that was just, he would have to be doing the same stick he was during these first episodes. What a maneuver. Yeah. Right, exactly. All that same well, stick. I don't it's think like, Michael Cole don't know all the moves. That, no, everything's like, a suplex to him. Yeah. You know? True. Like belly to belly. Nope, that's a suplex. Uh, everything's a suplex. 
Yeah, this would be the best time for him to jump back on because there's a lot more serious commentators. You know what I mean? Like half of his problem, I feel, because like, he doesn't want to have to like rein in all these clowns, and he's actually right. dealing with a lot of pro- a lot more professionals now. No offense to the formers, but still, Rob Bartlett, whatever. Well, if he come in and do like, if I think if he does come in and do commentary and, and do it for like make it like feel like a big special main event match or something like that, yeah. like. I think that would be ideal, but I don't think he can. I wouldn't want to hear him like full time. Three hours. Yeah. yeah, I hear you. First match of the evening was Yokozuna squashed literally Coco Beware, right? <laughs> Great um, match. Three minutes, 45 seconds. Perfect yeah. length. Uh, Yokozuna doesn't get like, he doesn't get gassed like super. Like, right. I, I like he doesn't like most normally long matches and the white and red looks sick i i think he should wear white and red more often definitely yeah later on he did a lot of the red and black right but yeah yeah i feel like this is like this is his like um away jersey almost yeah only thing about white tights is you got to be pretty brave that you're not gonna like shit yourself you know well i think i think that is legitimately why he probably went away from that it's because like (laughs) You never want to wear light colors when you're in the wrestling industry yeah, because you might shit better. yourself. You might like, yeah, get blood on it. Living pretty bold out there in the first place, though. Yeah, <laughs> at so, the risk uh, of pulling a Bartlett myself, but <laughs> also Coco. So Coco, beware! Fucking so he sold the crap out of that match, man. He like never gonna like like the kind of guy. Like I mean, like I think we all can say. Like we 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 have the aspect of the future in in this, but like never gonna be like a huge huge star. But what a great worker! Oh yeah, and he's in the not memorable. I mean, not a huge star, but like he he was really memorable. Even uh, even some of my friends who don't like follow wrestling religiously, they do know who Coco Beware is. He was an icon. Yeah. The Birdman. Yeah. 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 Thank you. You mean uh, you mean Gary Coleman all grown up, according to? Uh, oh my Bob God! <laughs> yeah, right. So my favorite is the way Vince dismisses some of his jokes because it's like I'm, I don't think Vince entirely heard what he just said, but it registered enough. <laughs> so <laughs> like, yeah, I'm gonna start the rumor that Rob Bartlett's your your biological father. He is. Yeah, well, that, I, guys, I, I didn't I didn't want to start on the first de- on the first episode of Raw because I'd be like, oh, no wonder that's how he got this job. <laughs> so Kyle, you were talking about. Coco Beware selling uh, the Yokozuna match, and I kind of agree with you. I had um, uh, noticed one spot in particular where Yokozuna sidestepped and Coco flew into the ropes head first and bounced off the ropes. I thought that that whole thing looked really cool, like it was ahead of its time, very similarly to actually some of the moveset that Owen Hart would pull off and things like that, which of course, go figure, ended up being in a tag team with him, but I did think that he had, yeah, he, he carried that match. He made Yoko look like a million uh, bucks. Yoko, of course, winning with the bonsai drop. And, uh, yeah, I actually looked up what Coco Beware has been up to. And uh, he recently had had, like, a knee, like, a GoFundMe page for knee surgery back in March. Oh, oh that's so sad. Uh, but, Man, uh, Yoko was, like, slim, too. I'm just, I'm looking, I'm, like, like looking at it as, as we speak and just like kind of reviewing clicking through it i'm just like man he like this was probably at his smallest for the <laughs> wwe 
I know that's saying something, but like he he looks like he can like look at this. I mean, we're gonna see it. We're gonna see his transition, but yeah. like he looks like he could work still. Like he looks like a monster. Like he does the whole like you know uh, sumo entrance. It looks great. It's it looks. I I loved it. I thought I thought good squash match. I. I have a soft spot in my heart for Yokozuna. I love a big man. I love a big fat man. Yeah. Uh, as a big fat man myself, I love to see a big fat man win. So, right. uh, you were you a know. fan. So, hey, uh, speaking of which, you know, like, I never put this together, but you were mentioning how during this time, Yoko is kind of on the slimmer side and we'll see him or whatever. That slimmer side of Yoko, now that you say it, kind of reminds me of like Yumago. You know yes. what I'm saying? Like, he was he was able to move kind of like Yamaga would. Or uh, Rikishi you know, even. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, kind of that same token of a big man at that point who could really move. And actually, to his credit, Yoko could wrestle a fifteen minute match if he had to. Yeah, oh, he yeah. could. I Which, mean, can you imagine that? Like, like that's crazy. With that kind of size, to be able to have that kind of strength and that lung capacity is freaking awesome. You know. Yeah, kind of helped you that sumo thing where it is if you just build mass and you use it properly, you can be a fucking force. <laughs> yeah, was he? He was not legit sumo though. I don't think. No, he was not. No, but, no, like, but the principle. That whole principle. You no, know, I I agree with like that whole mystique of it. Like 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 the the idea that a big fat dude could be a force to reckon with against all these muscly quick guys because he's used his mass in a way that is like, you know, trained and stuff. So I, 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 I love, I love that. I think it, I think it works. He looks like a monster. And yeah. like, I think only the, the, uh, he's, he squashed Virgil before this um, and a couple other jobbers, but like Coco Bewares, I think the first like named gentleman. Yeah. This was like his rise. This was Yokozuna's like, not debut or anything like that, but this was during when he was first, you know, up and coming. This is during his Yokozuna's rise, you know, the beginning of Monday Night Raw. So, um, yeah. Uh, so after that Yoko uh, win, uh, we get the first peek at the Raw girls. Uh, we so was, weird. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, oh yeah. So it's like weird. So like the, technically, like the Raw girls, we wouldn't see again until Raw Underground many years later for a yeah. few episodes. Yeah. The, you remember the Raw Underground, the very first yeah. episode of Raw Underground? They had the uh, weird like dance club vibe to it. That whole that whole Raw Underground thing was so weird. What were they I, I trying to say, accomplish? I will say I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. Like. Uh, I think I think a one piece very sexy. Uh, so the raw the raw girls like I I thought it was very I mean it's very with what they're trying to do right he's trying to be uh, oh, boxing yeah right. um, after, the, after the raw girls we get uh, uh, Monday Night Raw's very first uh, Bobby Heenan promo uh, talking about his new guy. Lex Luger, the narcissist. <laughs> Not so perfect now, are you, Mr. Perfect? 
So yeah. let me ask you guys this too, as we kind of go into these. I know clearly we know the outcome of these matches, but when you were rewatching it, do you feel like you're like, okay, I think Coco Beware is going to take this, or I think Yokozuna, or who? who oh no, I could still remember like definitely who was probably going to win. Yeah. Mostly, I would remember the matches as they happen. Uh, probably some episodes won't be that way, but this first episode, I pretty much remember the results yeah. and pretty much just based on wrestling history can know like who's gonna probably win you know definitely definitely there's some that are clear as day like when it's definitely a jobber you're like i know bret hart so whoever this other i was gonna say sawyer for you as a newer fan coming into this has is that been something that you've been able to enjoy being like oh this is not what i was expecting or this yeah i'm glad you asked that kyle because i actually did want to know that too like how is this experience for you coming into it the first time yeah i will say i feel like i have a better eye for jobbers now like there are times <laughs> yeah I think part of that stems from like i've at least heard of this dude so wait I've you mean the executioners him. don't sound like a established uh tag team to you Sawyer? you know here's the thing <laughs> the, the, the teaming of Dwayne gill and barry hardy yeah. yeah well that was the funny thing is i double i looked into that too is the executioners it's it's like it's like the phantom it's a passing legacy that yeah. it's like an ongoing jobber mantle like yeah like it, it but it's kind of fantastic because i i was like i feel like i've heard of the executioners but not like heard of them heard of them and it's just kind of one of those things where it's like yeah you do do a little bit of time as the executioners and we'll get you out as somebody if you if you ride the wave long enough well that that's kind of how it was back in the day where it's like you could work so say you are you're you're you know you're matt matt ring the 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 the, the, the all-american boy and you're a young 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 up-and-coming baby-faced jobber but you also have a mask uh, in your bag so you can work as a heel tag guy you know yeah. like you, it, it the more gimmicks you can work you know the, the the more money you can make yeah and a real quick wrestling 101 for any newbies who are like learning the sport too uh jobbers are basically people who are like set up to fail and and it can help like build a career for you but you're like designed to be a kind of a, a like lose the match and be sort of a no name I think am, so. I, am i hitting that right what would you guys yeah say? yeah yeah, like the jobbers are the the, the Washington Generals to the rush uh, the r- yeah. r- wrestlers. Um, Harlem Harlem Globetrotters. Globetrotters. Right. Yeah, exactly. And but in some back, <laughs> I know that the Steiners versus Executioners match is next, but I don't want to um to just gloss over this Heenan promo. Yeah, oh, yeah. no, this Heenan promo is Lex. Uh, of course, everybody loves a Heenan promo. It Sexy Lexi, baby. Smile all day, um, and I always I remember when when uh, Lex came over to WWE as a narcissist. I, you know, before they started immediately, almost with a Mister Perfect gimmick, which was you know, um, which was you know, basically uh, the same kind of gimmick, right? It's like it's basically the the uh, like a natural progression from the gimmick of uh, Mr. Perfect. So I remember the first time I saw them do that, I was like, this is a lame ass gimmick because it's just like Mr. Perfect's gimmick. So no doubt, you know, you find out, of course, that his first, you know, feud right. is be against Mr. Perfect, of course, because they're kind of, he's like, what's better than Mr. Perfect? Oh, a narcissist. He's like, yeah. 
the perfect man's perfect or the whatever. total package yeah exactly the total package which they unfortunately when was go ahead i was gonna say he wasn't called a total package yet right no he, he was before. He, oh okay he was before in the nwa and then the wcw yeah nwa slash wcw and then he came over to wwe f as the narcissist but the thing about it is is during that time frame especially it was like more unheard of for wwf or vince mcmahon to accept who you were as your previous incarnation yeah nwa slash wcw there's still that kind of thing in place these days where you see even people coming into NXT. Uh, a lot of times they're repackaged with a name that Vince McMahon owns under the WWE moniker. But, uh, but you know, back then it was unheard of. You know, if you were the total package in the NWA slash WCW, you were definitely not going to be uh, the, the total package in WWF. As yeah. far as WWF was concerned back in those days, WWF was the only wrestling. Yeah, the other stuff. And so, it, 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 well, not even that. There was, like, you know, their fan base, you know, wouldn't, they, they purposefully did not want their fan base to go out looking for other wrestling. Yeah. Right, yeah. So they didn't really want to recognize it. And they didn't want people to be able to carry that over and know about it. It's it still, it even, it, you know, even, like I remember because of that, it was like almost like I thought the world was ending because Ric Flair was allowed to bring the other title onto TV. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah the big, big gold belt. The, the big gold belt. It was yeah. like worlds were colliding, Jerry, you know? It was, it was nuts. But yeah, so anyway... That was a cool promo. We got to introduce to the narcissist over and over again. Like he, the narcissist. <laughs> he, said that, he said that word so many times during the promo. <laughs> so uh, then we get the Steiner brothers versus the executioners, right? The mass jobber guys that we were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. um, when Rick Steiner held the one executioner upside down, he yes. like over his shoulder upside down and ran with him into the turnbuckle. Um, I wouldn't want to take that move. That's dude. No, no offense to the Steiners. I wouldn't want to take any bumps from the Steiners. Like, oh yeah, they they were professional, but man, they were they looked like they were stiff as a donkey's. Yeah, donkey. they were. It was crazy. Like you could feel like every single slam that they. Yeah, did exactly. The you're just you like you're watching and you're just like, man, good, 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 good on you, Dwayne Gill. Yeah. That, that's pretty cool about the moniker thing that you were talking about that it was like an ongoing so there is no defined person who's under the executioner's mask it's whatever jobber i figured it was probably steve lombardi and somebody else you know uh it you know. was it was uh Dwayne gill so gilberg yeah yeah and mm -hmm. barry hardy oh is that who was under it yep that's awesome yeah. In hindsight, that would have been a great trivia question. Who's yeah. <laughs> <It was laughs> the executioner? <laughs> and while we're talking about the classic Steiner brothers, can we talk a little bit about the transformation of Scott Steiner, which I wasn't watching uh, when he turned into Big Bad Booty Daddy at all. So I am so I dude like this is the I Scott Steiner that I like. <laughs> which when he when becomes thought, the yo go ahead, Tom. I was just going to say, when I first saw him in WCW as uh, 
what he is now. I didn't recognize him. I heard the name Scott Steiner. Like, it's just the same Steiner that I saw, you know, in WWE. So, right. I don't know when the transformation happened, but I was just It happens in, un- in, like, WCW, he becomes a monster. But like, oh, I had forgotten about that too. Yeah, with the whole with the like the chainmail and everything, <laughs> and the biggest arms in the world, and yeah. his God, his man. big booty freaks, and I can't believe I I, I can't believe I had forgotten about that. He like we'll, we'll get to it. You know what I mean? I was like, gonna say like, well, well, the the Steiners only do a cup of coffee in WWE, so I think. I think they're only here for maybe a couple months. Yeah, it's always classic uh, Steiner. Steiners, yeah. And maybe down the road we'll we'll get to some. Maybe he comes back. I don't know. We'll see. Way down the road, I have no idea. We'll we'll see where things go. But eventually, maybe we'll see a Steiner here or there. Yeah. But uh, I do like their. Uh, I I do like the uh, move they used to uh, pin the executioner, um, the bulldog off the top rope. With the, oh, uh, the Steiner liner. Yeah. yeah, you you don't see that anymore. That's a cool move. Yeah, that's a cool move. The Frankensteiner is the cool move, and, and people forget that they fucking invent or I mean they didn't invent invent, but they they did invent that move. Like that's pretty badass. Yeah. And you know what Rick is doing? He's a, a real estate broker now. And uh, is he really? Yep. Oh, nice. I can't remember. I thought I wrote down where, and something is saying Ohio, but I'm probably totally wrong because I saw Michigan. Somebody. They're from Michigan. Might might be Michigan. It could be Michigan very well. Yeah, that, that was their stick, right? They were all American University yeah, of Michigan they, they wrestler, were, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because back in WCW, they had the whole thing going on with Mike Rotundo too, right? Yeah, well, the Varsity Club. The yeah, Varsity Club, exactly. So yeah, um, also during the Steiner Brothers versus Executioners is where you first see Doink. Uh, out in his Doink, bro. Right. He's you out mean in the dork? You mean Dork? Yep. Um, dork so- the Clown. The funny thing is, is I feel like Vince can't remember his name, but he also remembers it enough that that Bartlett's getting it wrong. <laughs> that is exactly it, Sawyer. He can't remember it enough to correct Bartlett, but he knows that Bartlett's getting it wrong, and so he's upset about it. Like, <laughs> he has built this weird Three Stooges, like, weird universe for himself in this. <laughs> and, and he, but he's made himself the Mo by default. Like... <laughs> Oh boy! Anywho, go ahead. <laughs> so next we see uh, back outside where uh, where Sean Mooney is there again, right? And he's now he's arguing with Mrs. Bobby Heenan, Mrs. Heenan, uh, <laughs> claiming at this point to be Bartlett's aunt or aunt, and Mooney pulls off the wig. So we got Heenan still up to his shenanigans. Um, always like always funny. Always yeah. God, yeah, it's classic stick, man. It's still funny. Love it. Yeah, Love it. I could watch Bobby Heenan all day, dude. If he was like, I, I could have watched Bobby Heenan if he had his own like station, you know, television station or like variety <laughs> show. I would have watched Bobby Heenan at all times. You could tell he was one of the actors because there was too much stage business. <laughs> <laughs> the song. I know me and you have seen Chicano Batman before live, but what about Chicano Superman Razor Ramon? <laughs> <laughs> That's basically who this character is, right? Is like Razor Ramon. We get 
We, you know, he's hey, like Vince Main, Hit Main, Yeah, like he's doing what Brett kind of accent. <laughs> I I always like a good bad guy. I always like a good bad guy. Yeah, he totally like nailed that whole persona. I've heard that he like convinced, like he had that accent for Vince, and as soon as he said did the accent, it was a wrap. Well, yeah, apparently Vince, like he did a whole thing, and and he was like, you know, like from Scarface, and Vince was like, yeah, pal, sounds good, and like Vince <laughs> never seen Scarface, <laughs> so he just thought that like Scott all made it up. <laughs> so. um so basically, Vince McMahon is conducting an interview with him here, uh, talking about Razor Ramon. Uh, and he's talking about Razor Ramon's world title match against my guy, Bret Hart. Um, the Hitman. The Hitman. Um, so they, they show, I believe it's the uh, high energy version of Owen Hart being interviewed in the back by Ray Rougeau. Uh, and Razor attacks Bret's little brother. Um, that sets up the world title match at the Royal Rumble, which we've decided that once it comes up, I think we got one more episode of Raw to review, and then after that, it'll be the Rumble 93 that we'll review. Oh, yeah. uh, but So that's going to set up the world title match between, between Razor Ramon and Bret Hart. You know, Bret's avenging his little brother being beaten up, and we know, I think this eventually is going to lead to Owen's uh, heel turn, right? Yep. Because this is yep. back still in the days when, when, you know, Bret's in that whole, like, little brother territory protecting his brother right before we get into the whole like jealous Owen uh situation so it's kind of the seeds are being planted here oh yeah we are getting we are getting the 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 the, the we are get, being introduced into the Hart family and we will soon have the entire uh the chessboard of hearts if you will the whole, the whole clan <laughs> the clan yeah but so, I mean, so there's, you know, some of our listeners, uh, you know, who are hopefully, you know, another thing that I, I was considering that actually kind of excites me about this podcast and what we're doing here by watching like Raw from the first episode is, you know, it kind of excites me to, to know like, uh, you know, which, you know, some of our listeners might be watching these episodes for the very first time and getting introduced to a whole new array of of, uh, of superstars that they've heard of or seen in clips of it maybe never before. You know, I, I really hope that it's exciting um, for uh, for everyone watching the first time. But, but that brings me to this is like, uh, you know, if you're watching for the first time, you're in for a treat because Razor Ramon and Bret Hart are two fantastic wrestlers. You know what I mean? Incredible. So like, you know, this is exciting stuff. You know what I'm, I mean? Like we're coming up on Royal Rumble, which is one of the coolest pay-per-views that there is uh god rest pat patterson recently passed away inventor of the royal rumble which yep. be my very favorite uh pay-per-view of all time uh we love you pat um, r.i.p yeah for real um but yeah so really excited to be coming up on the royal rumble already uh we're gonna be able to to get into like one of the best pay-per-views so um next we get a tatanka interview right uh, thank Buffalo. You. Yeah, man. We get Tatanka, Chris Chavis, uh, thanking people for contributing to Headlock for Hunger. Uh, so the thing about it, about Tatanka's gimmick is despite all the feathers, today it would not fly. Uh, well, he's a real, Tatanka's a, li- a real Lundy Indian. 
Yeah. Oh, is he? Is he really though? Yes, he but, is. Okay. Uh, he he is not he is not like Chief J Strongbow okay. in that. Um, I mean, is he just like his his you know he's definitely putting on a ho kind of like yeah. Thing. But uh, he is. Uh, but I believe he is a, if not full blood. Uh, I, I I don't know if that's the right terminology. Uh, he he is he is he I believe Tatanka. He's not your one sixteenth uh, uh, Native American, you know, one of those. <laughs> Tatanka, if you're listening, feel free to be a guest. You know, yeah. You know, uh, but but yeah, I mean, we know that like today that even if he was, you know, as a full you know blooded Indian, whatever the term, the correct term is, and I hope we are using it, but uh, you know. Uh, I don't think that this that it would be such an outwardly, you know, uh, stereotypical Native American garb that was used these days. But it, anyway, there was different times back in the early 90s. So we had Tatanka doing this gimmick. Vince was probably Vince always made his characters. Hey, what's something about you? You know, what's you know, what did you used to do? What's something about you? And if, they, if somebody throws back to him, yeah, I'm, I'm one six. You know, I'm one. I'm a, I'm a Native American. You know, that's that's very well so liked. yeah Are he um so ch he, yeah he is uh chris chavis uh i i think i'm pronouncing it right yeah uh he is part of the lumbee tribe tribe in north carolina oh yeah so yeah i do he remember is, and he it looks like he is like active yes he is active um I do remember seeing Chris Chavis back in like old wrestling magazines, like like Wrestling Insider and PWI, like before he got to WWF as Chris Ch as as Tatanka. I saw him in those magazines as Chris Chavis. So he had like some of that. I guess it would be now internet buzz, but back then it was like pro wrestling magazine buzz. You know what I mean? It's like you know they didn't have internet back then, so it was a little slower. But. Uh a little bit of fun trivia. His son uh, is one of his son's name is Joseph Tatanka. Oh wow! <laughs> really? Nice. Yep. Uh, born March six, two thousand four. So like, it's pretty funny. I made a note on here to myself. I was. I said, you know, he never really was the best promo, but he. Um, and I think I even realized that when he was a, like I was a kid. Like I was like his promo is not the strongest. <laughs> not feeling but, it. Huh? He said not feeling it. Hard set. Yeah. <laughs> well, I felt like on this one he reminded me of like Ultimate Warrior if Ultimate Warrior was on CBD or something to calm his ass down because he you know because he, he was like talking about the warrior spirits and all that but see but he was like a very calm version of the Ultimate Warrior he was like the warrior spirits or guy you know but it was like a very it was like a Marlon Brando Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, he very has that stone face look too. It was pretty, pretty nice. Yeah. So next, after Tatanka, we get the um, the internet, uh, the Intercontinental Title match, right? The uh, yes, Max Moon, baby. Yeah. Shawn Michaels retains against uh, Max Moon, of course, Conan. Uh, the famous. one and only appearance, I believe, of Conan as Maximilian Moon. Oh, wow, yeah. Are you sure? Because I thought that I saw him on, like, Superstars or something before that. Maybe. So, so I, I know that he, 
He only played Max Moon for a very brief short, moment. brief moment. I, I agree. Um, do you know one thing that I noticed here that I did not notice as a child, though? Because, of course, you know, as a child, I thought he was from the moon. Um, but I never realized, but this time when we were watching it, his entrance music ha totally has a Spanish flair to it. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, yeah I gotta go back and listen to it. He is, uh, he is supposed to be built from the moon. Like, that's where they would build his hometown as, was the Right, moon. he had, like, little... <laughs> He had like little gimmick arm things that would shoot out like it was like mm -hmm. you know t-shirt cannons on his arms or something, but not with t-shirts. Streamers, right? The shot streamers, streamers yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah, right. a little streamer shooter, and so he picked up. Okay, this is this is. Okay. So this, is this already Paul Diamond? Because it's saying that in the fall of 92, Paul Diamond got a new gimmick in Max, Maximilian Moon, or Max Moon for short. Diamond wasn't originally intended to play Moon. The gimmick was created for Conan, but Conan left the WWF after a backstage disagreement. Since Diamond fit the costume, he was chosen to take over. Uh, <laughs> he, yeah, that's literally why. That's, that's the reason why. Wow. <laughs> So was this Conan or um, Diamond? Diamond. That's, this is Paul Diamond. Yeah, this is not oh, Conan. Wow. Yeah. The this one is, on Monday Night Raw is not Conan? No. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I thought it was Conan. I was yeah, like what it says in January. What did you guys think of the match overall? Wrestled and lost for... Uh, When former tag partner Shawn Michaels was he? A, he must have been in the AWA. Ah, he was. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, he was a. Okay, he was in the Diamond Dolls in the AWA. Okay. Uh, so they would. They he frequently clashed with the Midnight Rockers, Shawn and Marty. Uh, okay. um, oh wow, that's very interesting. Which See, is because it's. Shawn Michaels and Max Moon here in this match, which is exactly old AWA. They put them together because of their affiliation in AWA, and they already exactly. had a good match together. Okay. It's crazy because you know I mentioned here in my notes as well that um, you know this kind of match to me was a sign of kind of things to come in the WWE. It was like your Shawn Michaels and your even though maybe Max Moon wasn't a sign of things to come because he wasn't a prominent thing moving forward. But that style of match where it's two smaller guys who could work a 15 to 20 minute fast paced match for the intercontinental title. To me, this match, you know, being at such a key uh, spot in, in this first episode of Monday Night Raw yeah. is kind of a sign of things to come. You know, the smaller guys who can work, even though during the same time, we still get Hogan. We still got several people who are, uh, you know. Uh, also, longest match of the night. Longer, uh, it's yeah. 10 minutes, 10 and, a, 10 and a half minutes. Yep. So we still had guys like uh, Hogan and Yokozuna at the top at this time, but the, uh, the era of the dinosaur was kind of dying out at this spot. So the match was definitely a, the best match of the night, I think, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. You, wait, you don't mean you don't think Damian Demento brought the heat? Uh, well, we'll talk about that. But, uh, 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 but yeah, no, that, that certainly wasn't my favorite match. No. Did you guys? Uh, did you guys um, expect that Michaels to win um, after the super kick, like I did? I thought completely yeah. forgot that wasn't always that's his not finisher. His, that's not his finisher yet. It's, it's yeah. pretty, right, right. It's but going back and watching it, you know, right. Yeah. We're being workshopped, right? <laughs> but it was a terrible movie. It was like a suplex or something ridiculous that ended the match, wasn't it? He, like, hit him with the super kick and then hit him with, like, a side. I think it's like a Northern Lights suplex was his finisher and or something just pinned like that. him. It was like yeah. a high-angle back body drop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? It was like a back. Bar. It was like something totally like not legit. It was crazy. Right. Um, yeah. So that was. So that reminded me that one always is finisher. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. There was a there was a time when he was still figuring things out. So, uh, Doink was in the in the mat in the crowd again during this match, still doing the things. So they come back to Doink, the clown. You know. He's doing his shenanigans on the crowd, making the kids cry. Um, and it's during this match that we also get reminded of how horrible freaking Rob Bartlett is. Uh, dork the clown. Dork, dink, uh, donk. Right. Doink. Well, that's his actual name, Doink. Right. Yeah. yeah. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Shout also, out to the like OSW really Review Boys. Yeah. you're making kids cry brah <laughs> it's great to see him back as a heel because it is like why did they try to make him a face i think it's so this is this is before face this is doinks yeah. so this he has not turned face yet yeah, yeah no, that's, what I mean. so. that's what i mean like it's pre-face so it's like back when he was good because i think it makes zero sense yes him a face. <laughs> yeah evil evil clown think, I know. makes much more sense than like yeah, happy, nice, um, funny okay. clown playing practical jokes. Doing, yeah. I agree. Clowns are almost inherently obnoxious, whether you like them or not. It works as a heel, so it's like you know, there's a reason the Joker's existed so long as a villain. Sex appeal. That was crazy how uh, how Bartlett had the terrible Mike Tyson impression, but you could tell real that quiet. Was eat oh he had like a really crazy. Uh, like Rob Bartlett had a really crazy Mike Tyson impression. It was like horrible. Do you guys remember that? Are you freezing? I think everybody's freezing. Hello? Rob give us, give us a little give us a little taste, Sawyer, of what it was like growing up with Rob Bartlett as your dad. Oh well everything everything's a bit. Everything's a ooh, ooh, look over there. Ooh, ooh, uh 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 take my wife, please. Oh no, seriously, <laughs> take her, please. <laughs> And and with that, I think Jeremiah might be unfrozen now. Yeah. Are you, are you, <laughs> are you unfrozen yet? I have to do an impression of my father, Rob Bartlett. <laughs> I heard the impression, but for a while there, it was nothing happening. Yeah. Um, right. We're like, I think we lost Jeremiah. <laughs> yeah. We vamped. We were it was right good. after we talked about the sex appeal of Doink. So it was like, oh, did we get <laughs> weird? <laughs> uh, so where we were at was we, you know, we had the IC title match. Shawn Michaels did retain against Max Moon, right? Uh, yeah, it was a super kick followed by a side suplex. Yeah, that's what it was. Just a normal side suplex, dude. Hey, it took back then. But yeah, so after that match, we get a commercial for WWF Mania. Oh, yeah. Uh, Todd Penningale, guys. Uh, 
I looked him up, says he's launching an on-demand subscription service and plans to produce five shows a week with comedy bits, topical talk, and new versions of Pinnagel's popular phone scams. So there's something. Oh, of course. Of course, he's the type of guy who calls people on the phone and bothers them. He's essentially <laughs> a telemarketer, but not funny. Not honest labor like telemarketing. This is like, like Rob Bartlett is worse than a telemarketer because at least those people are working for a living. Yeah. Well, it's also too like in an age where caller ID exists, like most of us, are like, well, I guess I can't prank call anyone anymore. Also, I'm not 12 anymore. <laughs> so. so. But this was the time when the Jerky Boys were like very popular yeah. too. Yeah. That's true. I mean, I also, but he's doing it now, I think, which is what. That's what I mean. He's always yeah. out of touch. I think oh, you mean he's still he's always, doing it? Yeah. yeah. So listen, this is what I think. Behind. <laughs> this is what I think we should do. Is like this should be some of our bonus content: is us seeking out Todd Penningell's phone pranks and seeing if we can somehow infiltrate his life. Oh my! God. Yeah, I wanna, I want, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna catfish Todd Penningell. I want him to think <laughs> I'm a sexy lady and get him to risk it all for me. Uh, songs only fans <laughs> uh, yeah by the way uh if you guys are interested song has an only fans page where he takes off more than his shirt <laughs> <laughs> i think this shit gone off the rail yes all right sorry back to the back to the podcast all right. cool. did you guys ever watch wwf mania uh, no, no, like that promo like, was super dated, though. Let me tell you, if that was the right. commercial of all kids' commercials, with I the watched kids. an episode or two of it. I remember watching it. I, I'm surprised they don't have it on the WWE Network, but it was terrible, truly yeah. terrible. They don't have a lot of that that stuff on the network for, I think, that reason. Yeah. So after Quality that, control. Well, because it was supposed to be sort of marketed towards kids, right? It seemed like it, and that thus yeah. it's a little more obnoxious, because, like, the 90s just assumed to be as obnoxious as possible, and kids love it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, yeah. Anyway, that was a thing that happened, WWF Mania. But uh, after the Mania uh, commercial, we get the Rumble Report with Mean Gene, right? So I remember loving these Rumble Reports, and like, right before pay-per-views, because... I would love when they would announce matches. I just love that whole feeling of they're going to like a news report to to like, hey, here's Mean Gene with a special report on the Royal Rumble. And then he'd go cut to him. And then he would, you know, run down. This is back in the day when they would still run down every entrant that was in the Rumble. They would go through it. They'd show like every wrestler on the screen. Coco Beware, Yokozuna, Hulk Hogan. And then he'd cut to a promo with Hogan. And then they'd come, Harley Race, Marty Jannetty. Uh, and so, yeah, so you had the, like, special reports for the Rumble. Um, Sean had a promo about his match with Marty Jannetty. So that's another match that we're going to have on the Royal Rumble, right? Um, is this uh, – uh, the match against Sean and Jannetty um, at, at the Rumble coming up. So – the whole deal with that was whose corner is Sherry going to be in? Yeah. Yep. So I guess also like. Also, Sherry pretty hot. Yeah. 
Yeah, like she was a scary woman to me. <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. Even as a five-year-old, I was into that. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what this is, but it's fun. <laughs> I was a Luna Vachon kind of guy. I'm just oh, kidding. I hear you. I hear you. In real life, Luna's kind of attractive. Yeah, definitely. No, when she was like not in her like full man. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I was watching this episode and I was getting all over this Bartlett calling um, Yokozuna, Yokozuma thing, right? But then uh, during the Rumble report, there was also uh, a, 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 a promo with Yokozuna and Mr. Fuji, right? And I don't know if you guys noticed it, but Mr. Fuji also referred to his own guy yeah. as Yokozuma. <laughs> so I was like, all this grief that I'm giving Bartlett, it was like, and, and Mr. Fuji can't even get it right, you know? Yeah. Um, Virgil called him Yokozuma uh, last, uh, like, last time they wrestled. Oh, did he? Uh, yeah, like, because Virgil did the job earlier and was like, Brett, this Yokozuma is no joke, man. <laughs> Like, nobody got the memo of, like, or, like, whoever made the memo spelled his name wrong, and so every other wrestler thought it was Yokozuma. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, I always, one thing I've always loved about the Royal Rumble, too, um, is that every year uh, there's those stra kind of stranger entrants, right? You know what I'm saying? There's, like, uh, those one or two people every year that you don't really expect to enter. Um, these days, it's more a surprise entrance, right? Mm -hmm. But back in those days, they didn't really do as many surprise entrants. So they had like, they announced some really weird ones for this year, uh, the 93 one, and it was uh, Carlos Colon from Puerto Rico. And, Epico uh, and... Tenru. Tenru from Japan. Yeah. So... And I remember those guys, I remember having seen them at the time, even as a kid, and having seen them in um, wrestling magazines and all that, but kind of being like, not understanding the inner workings of like, I wonder how, why Tenru and like Carlos Colon are here this year. So uh, it was kind of interesting seeing them in the, in the rumble. Um, interesting fact, I was looking up stuff about Tenru uh, and he got into wrestling at 13 years old. Damn. Dude, oh. that's crazy. That's when you know you're built for the life, though. Like, that's when you're very much, right. like, ready to roll. Because <laughs> you're already kind of invincible anyways. And so then it's just learning the athletics, you know? <laughs> yeah, true. Was that in his family, Jeremiah, or was it first gen? Tenru? Well, yeah. Yeah, not so sure if he was, a, a, like, you know, had his, his father or his family was in the business or anything. I just know that him kind himself. Kind of like a break in that young. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it He's might be not all that uncommon in Japan, too, for them to get into it really young. I mean, because you hear about people now, like even like, you know, like Finn Balor's and Becky Lynch's, who I think, if I remember correctly, <laughs> hearing that they got into the business. At Both started like 14 or 15. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's kind of one of those things you know you're going to do. Um, so, anyway, we, after the Rumble report, uh, uh, mean Gene wraps up. God rest you, man. I miss you, Mean Gene. But uh, Mooney is outside. Sean Mooney is outside again. And now Heenan is in his Jewish costume saying he's Bartlett's uncle, right? 
Um, yeah. Um, uh, what was it? Uncle, like Herschel Marty or <laughs> Marty Feldman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Mooney knows it's Heenan, of course, and Bobby says he's going to go hit the roof at this point, right? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's what I love. He's like the roof, the roof. I was like, first of all, like, and the, the it's almost weird because there's a point where it's like, well, why are you telling him you're going onto the roof? Like, why am I acting like anyone is taking this seriously? Too? I, I like, I like that, <laughs> that, like the the vaguely anti-Semitic things that Bobby the Brain Heaton is like. He's like bagels. Yeah. Uh, he's a good boy. He's a good boy. Bagels and schmear. <laughs> and it's just like, oh wow. Yeah. Like, he also could have just been a regular uncle. Like, he could have just worn a beard. <laughs> like, no, nah, had to be a Jewish No, the only, people, the only people who have beards are Hasidic Jews, so... Yeah, they are, in, they are in New York, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> too. He pulled That's down true. his own beard. Did you guys catch that? Yes, he pulled his own beard down. Oh, yeah, dude, he... The, the whole thing is wonderfully insane. <laughs> Even well, from our television. Like, premise. It's awesome. <laughs> the guy's awesome, man. It's great. Yeah. Well, I think Monday Night Raw has kind of always operated on that premise of its own reality. Like, there's, like, just, like, and they set that bar right there immediately like that. It's, like, nothing makes sense, like, you know, Mark Henry and the hand and all that, you know, it's just, like, such weird. (laughs) Well, and you can always have your dramas and your serious moments and all that stuff's great, too. But at the end of the day, you need a few clowns in the mix, whether they're, like, good clowns, bad clowns. There's just that lampooning is, is necessary. Yeah. It's, yeah, because right. you can't take it 100% seriously. You yeah, know, you funny like, might not make money, but it sure as hell makes you laugh. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Um, and you're so, already buying into, like, a weird reality to begin with, you know, and so it's par for the course. That's <laughs> just what we do. Yeah. Um, so Vince, he next, he cuts a promo uh, showing Kamala, the Ugandan giant, who is an absolute legend. Uh and at this point in Kamala's career, it's actually kind of later in, in Kamala's career, but he's actually, um, he's, he's cutting back to another episode where he's showing Kamala turning face when Harvey Whippleman and Kimchi mm-hmm. bully him mm-hmm. too, uh, you know, too, too heavily. And uh, so, you know, they're all out there. You see Kimchi poking at Kamala. You see Harvey Whippleman shoving a cigar at Kamala or whatever. And next thing you know, who do you see? But the Jive Soul Bros Slickster comes out, saves Kamala. Uh, He's going to teach Kamala how to be civilized. Yes. This is why I think I wasn't so worried about the Native American thing. I was like, it's not certainly the most offensive bit. (laughs) Oh, God, I know. Yeah, this one's also terrible. So Uh, I literally was like, I might have to skip over this. This is pretty rough. Like, you know. And I don't want to shortchange it if any of it was his idea, but Jesus. <laughs> like, yeah. The heels attack Slick. Kamala saves the Slickster, becomes his manager. It's actually really sad. Little shout out to Kamala, who died earlier this year in 2020 as well. Um, back in 2007, WWE.com posted a Where Are They Now on Slick. He uh, was a preacher at that time at a, ter- at a church in Longview, Texas. Um, so I did not know this, but according to the wiki, Slick was the son of a wrestler named Rufus Freight Train Jones, who worked in central states and mid-Atlantic regional promotions of the NWA and AWA in the 70s and 80s. So I didn't know that Slick was actually second generation 
And so, I didn't either. So we, it always know, makes sense though when they're when they're like the son of a son because it's like yeah. it makes sense. Right. That's a hell of a name, by the way. What was it? Freight Train Ruf- Jones. Rufus Freight Train Jones. Yeah. Oh man, talk about like a good vintage like nickname for yourself too, man. I love it. <laughs> yeah. What do they call Freight Train? Yeah, yeah. Don't <laughs> right. call me Freight Train, guys. Rob <laughs> Bartlett Jr. <laughs> <laughs> so next we get the main event. We get Undertaker versus uh, Damian Demento, and Undertaker defeats. Bless you. <laughs> Excuse Bless me. You. Uh, so we get the main event. Yeah, Undertaker defeating Damian Demento with a Tombstone pile driver. Uh, this was classic gray glove rope walking slow talking uh, uh slow stalking undertaker um yeah too with too the cravat to cravat undertaker where he's got like that tie thing going on <laughs> too bad that guy undertaker's career never really took off yeah what's he doing now yeah exactly um did you guys know that damian demento was in die hard with a vengeance oh, oh. i did not know that what? he played a guy named eric in that movie <laughs> oh, who can forget yeah. Eric? Eric. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea either. He looks totally different. He's like, I think he's like a detective or a cop in it or something like that. Yeah. It's me, Eric, your cousin. <laughs> Eric Demento. Yeah. Eric yeah, Demento. Yeah, he's just using oh. WWF as a stepping stone into Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> Damien was billed from the outer reaches of your mind. So he was like, uh, he was like a. Um, like a wrestling DMT trip. You know what? I miss those characters in wrestling, though, where they just give them all fake, you know, origins and stuff. They don't do that anymore. Now everything is like they try to base everything on reality. Oh, we dude, don't get those magic characters in the anymore. theater is my favorite part of it all. Yeah, One day we'll discuss yeah. the magic and theater of Glacier, too. Not today. That Don't get us started. <laughs> Also, so if, uh, if, if, if Damien being billed from the outer reaches of your mind sounds um, kind of artsy, uh, that makes sense because right now, according to Damien's wiki, he's actually now a sculptor and an artist. Um, so I was thinking maybe we should all pitch in and buy some Damien Demento art for the Pin the Champ studio. Oh, shit. I would yeah. love to tell people, oh, it's a Demento piece. Yeah. Oh, that's a Damien Demento original. Damien Demento? Oh. <laughs> uh, put it on the company card. Yeah, yeah, put it on the company card. <laughs> but, yeah, so that closed out the show, Undertaker defeating Demento. We know that Undertaker goes on to a much storied career, Damian Demento, a little less so, yeah. but a little, a little, a little bit less so. R.I.P. Uh, Undertaker's career, so to speak. No, I don't say that from like a bad thing, but R.I.P. to uh, him finally, quote unquote, dying, if you will. Yeah, closing the door, becoming uh, Mark Calloway. Uh, <laughs> so there was a joke. At the, there was a joke at the end of this show: uh, Woody Allen versus Mia Farrow in a cage match. <laughs> Because yeah. Bartley keeps selling the hits, baby. <laughs> Do you have any idea what the hell he was talking about? Yeah, so Woody Allen, Woody Allen, uh, Mia Farrow uh, adopted Su Ming, who oh, okay. was, uh, who in, in turn, Woody Allen started dating. Uh, and, and so, like, the whole thing was, like, their 
is their divorce. It was the start of everybody being like, oh, he is weird. Because <laughs> Woody Allen's a creepo. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, I just had no idea. But um, So overall, man, what did you guys think of the first episode? Strong first episode of Raw. Um, you know, I, I, I think all TV shows should be exactly an hour long. Uh, yeah. So, so I, that was a good thing for me. I liked that. And, uh, yeah, I liked it. I, I would, I would say it's a watch, you know, they'll get better from here. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with Kyle. I think the timing, it was just the right number of matches. It has all the things you love, like all the, like all the goofy stuff, whether it's like actually genuinely funny or just Mm -hmm. funny because it's kind of stupid in the first place. It's, it's the wrestling we grew up with. It's the wrestling now and it's, it's what started the whole thing. Yeah. I definitely enjoy the uh, look back um, and like, you know, being reminded of uh, what, wrestling used to be like as compared to today and it's always good to compare what was then and what is now you, you don't absolutely those anymore you do not I, magnificent mains anymore <laughs> I, I think that um that you know like one of the things is this like it can be a little daunting watching some of the pace of some of the matches back in the day now compared to some of the like the bangers that 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 some of these uh really gifted athletes are putting on today not to right. take anything away from what people were doing back then, but it was just a different pace and a different style of wrestling. Um, well, just look at the Steiners uh, match. I mean, that that hard-hitting stiff match is not something you see anymore. Nope. So the pace was different, and it's uh, I enjoyed. I it, it just reminds me that I enjoyed. I used to like those type of matches. Yep. Now we need to see like a hundred cartwheels and. People right. jumping off of ladders to be entertained. Truth, truth. So I want to tell you guys something I was kind of surprised by. I kept a little bit of a um, tally on um, on what was going on. I was I was kind of surprised by how many wrestlers who performed on this first episode are still alive. Actually, uh, still alive. You have Coco Beware, Scott Steiner, Rick Steiner, Michaels, Janetti, Max Moon, Undertaker. Damian Demento, the only performer that was deceased, actually in a match, is Yokozuna. The only one. Unless Paul Diamond is no longer with us. Since I think Paul Diamond is still with us. Uh, except Paul for we know with us. <laughs> Thumbs up. <laughs> and at the time, I didn't know about the executioners because I didn't know who they were. We would have to check to see if they're still with us. I think they both are, yes. So, I mean, is that... Is that a little shocking to you guys as well? It's crazy. To me, I thought it was going to be like 70%, 80% gone. Yeah. But no, actually, no. Yeah, I think you could name all on like one hand the only ones from the episode that have passed, including the performers as well as the yeah. uh, commentators. Yeah. 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 Only because you got Macho Man and then you got um, Mean Gene. <laughs> yeah. Right. Heenan as well. So. Oh, yeah. Heenan too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I also read that on the on the fandom page for, for this episode of Monday Night Raw that there was a dark match. Uh, Crush defeated Bam Bam Bigelow by disqualification. Oh. Um. They are not on the main card, so I didn't include them, but they did both. They have both passed away. <laughs> both Bam Bam and Crush are no longer with us. Um, but that's okay. it. I mean, I had a yeah, I had a great time watching it too, and I'm really excited 
to move forward and watch all the rest of them and kind of see, you know, what oh, kind yeah. of roller coaster ride this takes for us. So uh, that brings us now to Kyle's question. So Kyle's question last Kyle. episode uh, was, and let me know if I'm saying this right, Kyle. Um, if we could ask one wrestler one question, dead or alive, who and what would it be with the caveat of they're going to tell the truth? Yes. That's pretty much it, right? Yes. So you said you wanted to go last? Uh, I do have a question fired up, but I can go in any order. I'm fine with uh, wherever. Mine will probably be a quick one. <laughs> no, no, he meant for your answer. Yeah, that's what I mean. I, I, okay. I, I'm ready to go whenever, but I don't mind going last. Uh, okay. Earlier I was joking because I didn't have a question prepared, but I'm ready to go now. Okay, if you're ready to go, we're already on you, man. Go ahead and nail it. If you want to go ahead and talk to us. Who would it be? Um, Who would it be? Jericho. And I'd ask him, what are you doing, man? Like, what, what, what's going on? And I'm hoping I didn't steal songs, but... Uh, <laughs> oh, no, you're fine. But was, right. I figured that's me taking one for the team because you guys probably have really good questions, but we want to know at the same time, Jericho, what are you doing? So yeah, I, I kind of do want to know when he became a When did he become a nut job? I yeah. want to say beforehand that we totally mean that not in the in the uh, in the in the realm of wrestling itself. He is killing it on the yeah. mic. Yeah, no, but that's the shame of it. For that's AW, the shame of it, he's actually. doing a great job. <laughs> Just as a little bit of the political views that we're talking about. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, let's go ahead and get it out there. Our political views are different. We're not going to be about politics, but. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. But at the end of the day, hey, valid. Very that's, valid. That's all. That's, I just want to know. That's it. I'll, I'm with you. I'll leave it at that. We don't need to discuss any further, but people know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yep. Uh, we're on the same wavelength with that. Yeah. <laughs> So, <laughs> our pinheads now. <laughs> my question would be to Marty Janetti if he, gosh, yeah, like if he know the trajectory of his career with that, would he have split with that tag team split? Would a would he would have agreed to doing that tag team split with Michaels? That's a really That's a good one. That's a very. I don't know if he ever answered it or not. I know he went through some dark times in his life, though. Some of, yeah. some of the interviews I read with him, and I think it can all tr be traced back to to that event. Yeah, absolutely. Michael's. God, that's crazy. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah, because that's rock. a very good one. All right, Jeremiah. Okay. Um, so I, I, I had a, you know, I definitely, I thought somebody might have already done this. But, um, I, and I know this is kind of in a way a sellout because it's so general, but it truly is like a good one. I would ask Vince McMahon himself because he's, that he counts, right? He's wrestled. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. What is the craziest story that you can tell us that really sh nobody should be knowing about that Ooh. will just blow our socks off? Yeah, that's a good one. That's yeah. a good one. I just want to know his craziest, like, you know what? Here's the most fucked up crazy thing. Wrestling story or just like his? Rest, like right around the wrestling business. You know I'm I mean? sure he has other stories and oh, skeletons. Yeah. Specifically when it comes to like something a wrestling mark or wrestling fan gotcha. would just fucking be, you know, insane over. You know what I'm saying? Like, just gotcha. tell the craziest thing you can. 
and nothing if, like a Nazi theme party Vince, that he went to. If you weren't gonna let Vince McMahon fly, since he's not like a full time or a former full time wrestler, I was gonna go with like either Dino Bravo, who killed you if you saw who killed him, or or maybe like Jimmy. Oh Snuka. wow, Jimmy Snuka, did you do it so that the family could get some like? Ooh, I know that's yeah, kind of dark are, stuff. Those are dark, man. Yeah, but you know. You should I mean, save that for the uh, Patreon. The Vince, the Vince McMahon thing is probably, you know, a, a much better fun story, hopefully. But honestly, right. probably know some pretty dark stuff too. I was I was actually hoping someone would have a question for Vince personally, because it's like, come on, you can ask anyone anything, and they got to be honest. It'd be nice to meet your hero, but you'll I get just want, I just want Vince McMahon to have to be vulnerable around me about something. Yeah. <laughs> like. Basically, never meet your hero. I like oh, it. Yeah. Then, never I like it. <laughs> and so, then throw them in a porta potty and flip it over and be like, "Ha!" Kyle, what's yours, dude? Like you, you came up with this awesome question. Did yeah. You have- Mine would be if I could ask Brody what what was the real reason behind uh, Gonzalez stabbing him. Wow. Like a lot of people said that it was like him breaking into the, the Puerto Rican territory. A lot of people said it was, you know, it could, it could be this, it could be that. So I'd really love to know why he stabbed Brody. Like, wow. so yeah. What actually, was the reason? That's cool. So we I actually, a lot of us had kind of those wanting to know, like, the, the real story behind some yeah, of the Yeah, the, the, the smarky kind Dark of story. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, those are really, that was an awesome job, Kyle, for coming up with that Hell yeah. question. We definitely want to know again. Uh, you'll hear our, our contact information at the end of the episode, and we, we definitely do want to hear from you guys again. What is, uh, what question would you ask your favorite wrestler? or wrestling personality, dead or alive, uh, if you knew that they were going to have to tell you 100% the truth, what would be the coolest question you could come up with for them? We want to hear our fans. We want to hear what you guys think about that, too, and what you guys would ask. Um, So, yeah. So after that, I think we've weighed in on uh, Kyle's question. Kyle, you have another question for us? I do. I do. So we, we all know the, the classic Hulk Hogan movie, Santa with Muscles, mm-hmm. uh, where, where Hulk Hogan plays a health food billionaire, the richest man in 10 states, uh, and, and he gets amnesia and thinks that he's Santa Claus. Uh-huh. If one wrestler could replace Santa Claus for one Christmas, who would it be and why? Oh, I'm already ready for next week. I'm already for ready. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Okay. A little, little holiday-themed, a little little holiday-themed Kyle's question for you. Mm. Love it. Cool, man. All right. And man. just same, we want to hear the same from our fan base as well. Who's your replacement Santa Claus this year? Uh, Who's your Santa with muscles? And, and yeah. why? <laughs> and how come? I love it. Sweet, man. Thank you for that question. Give us some, something to chew yeah, on for next week. Sawyer, nice. you about to hit us with some trivia? 
Yeah, let's do it. So real quick too, yeah. I want to make sure you guys, you guys want to make sure you open up the chat okay. option on here. We're working through Zoom here. Um, I would flip it from everyone to Sawyer. So that way it goes just to me. And hopefully this will work. This is, we're, we're doing a new format, guys. So we're experimenting a little bit here. Um, I will say I removed some questions and I threw in some new ones through the course of the episode because I thought they might be addressed. Um, and I also came up with some better ones here. So, ah, nice. Kyle's is definitely working. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, awesome. So the very first question, the way this is going to work this time is I'm going to have you guys write in your answers to me since we have keyboards, we can easily type those in here, um, shoot it over and we'll do, I've shortened the number of questions too. So we have a chance to kind of go off everybody's answers. So you guys can Perfect. answers real quick here. Um, if you don't know the answer, feel free to write something funny. I will give you one point. If it's funny, I'll give you two points if you get the right answer and we'll settle tiebreakers with whoever gives me the most detail about it. All cool. right. So first one I feel like might be a softball here. Um, it's about my father, uh, Robathan Bartlett, uh, mm -hmm. and, and his many quips throughout the episode. Uh, he seems to push a number of jokes ignored by Randy and Vince throughout the premiere. But there's one in particular he does continually that seems to go almost unacknowledged. What bit does he do most prominently through this episode? I'll give you guys a few seconds to answer your question. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Good guess. All right. And we'll wait for songs and then I, what I was trying to do there. Yeah. Yeah. Type errors. Oh, I hear you. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> So I should be doing it. Oh, man. All right. So we have some good answers. Uh, Jeremiah wrote man on first. Uh, Kyle wrote Bill Clinton, question mark, which I will say, if you're venturing a wild guess for the 90s, that's a pretty yeah, safe a bet. <laughs> um, he ultimately did follow up with Mike Tyson, while Song also reminded me that as, his baby, as my babysitter at one point in time, he remembers my dad impersonating Mike Tyson also. Um, I'm going to give the tiebreaker to Song, so, because not only is that hilarious, answer. But he also spelled Mike Tyson's name right. <laughs> Not that I'm thinking. <laughs> but yeah, there is a Mike Tyson bit uh, calling in, which Vince like enjoys as like a one-off thing. Like it's the one joke I feel like Vince does like at first, but then it's like Rob Bartlett realizes he struck gold, so he like hammer beats it to death. <laughs> so it's the right. answer to that is a Mike Tyson joke. Yes, it's a Mike Tyson yes. impression. Calling Which is it crazy because I literally wrote that down as Mike Tyson impression. So <laughs> I wrote that down. No, you had a Jeremiah. You had a lot of detailed notes where I was like, I might keep this in, but there was too many, and I was like, now nah, people know this. Uh, but n question number two: okay. the only superstar ever billed from outer space, Moon made his first appearance on WWE or WWF at the time. Um, Appearance on Wrestling Challenge under what name? I will tell you it's not Max Moon, but it is a predecessor version because when the question came up, <laughs> all right, Jeremiah's weighed in. Just waiting on the other two. Nice. <laughs> Funny enough, Jeremiah and Kyle both submitted Maximilian Moon, which is fair guesses. <laughs> uh, Song also has Pluto Nash, so I'll give him one <laughs> point for that. Um, the correct answer is actually the Comet Kid. So he did have wow. a yeah, before cool. Ma Max Moon, but he was wow. the Comet Kid. I'm like looking, I don't remember that. 
Comment. Yeah, technically, I think it was Kyle earlier was correct that he showed up sooner. It just wasn't under the same personality. Right, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, All right, very last question. Um, I'm going to say right now, Song is in the lead. But Kyle's in a yeah, – song's not far behind us. in a second. <laughs> Um, all right. And then um, number three, during his match, Shawn Michaels turns to the camera and says what? Oh, I remember when he did this. I'm glad I saved this for last. I feel like, I felt oh, like it might be specific. Fuck. This but... is a good one. Yeah, I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Awesome. So, um, Jeremiah weighed in with It's Raw, Daddy O, which I do enjoy that one. I'll give you a point. <laughs> uh, Kyle had three count, but once one, again, two. Song is our reigning champion with This is the Face that Broke So Many Homes. Bravo, Song, <laughs> which also I believe is a two win run. For song at this point, that's so actually is our saying. reigning that, champion. I was gonna say I'm about to lose my my crown as the professor to song. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna buy myself a belt. Yeah, there you go. I, we need to have him with a pair of. That's what we need to do. We should get a championship belt, and we can each take yeah. it for the week once we win trivia. I no, do yeah. think that is it's one of those toy ones. <laughs> I do think we should have a traveling bet, and you guys can propose wagers to steal. Etc. Etc. Oh, and I think okay. give some sort of privilege to the person with the title. They have some sort of power. We'll we'll come up with something later. But uh, or we can do oh, a punishment for the person who finishes last to get shot with paintball. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> uh, that's a good idea. I like that's that. A, oh, good All trivia, right, guys, Sawyer well, man. <laughs> listen, dude, Sawyer. Uh, thank you again for another uh, informative episode of, uh, of of our trivia. Uh, song, you're so cool. We want to be like you. We wish we knew as much wrestling stuff. Yeah. Well, guys, our babysitter. I am older than the rest of you. Yeah. <laughs> we watched an episode of wrestling and we came together and we talked about it. It was fun. I can't wait till we get into like fun. things uh, as we go along. But it was awesome to watch uh, with and discuss with you guys. It was awesome to share it with our friends and our. Uh, future pinheads uh, uh can't wait to release these episodes to the public but anyway uh that's us for today um until next time see you guys soon peace bye as always thank you so much for listening now we want to hear from you you can hit us up at pin the champ podcast at gmail.com we're also on twitter and instagram at pin the champ one two three and our Google Voice number is 804-446-1139. We can't wait to hear from you.